Hey, hey, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the 25th April edition. Three things for today on skill work and making exponential progress. Uh, three quotes featuring one on digital socialism and one on hobbies. And the last one on something Bruce Lee talks about, the eightfold path of Zen Buddhism and, well, what I'd like to translate that to in terms of our health and fitness. In fact, I want to start with that on the Eightfold Path. So Bruce Lee is my favorite philosopher, and in one of his books, he talks about the Eightfold Path to erase all suffering. I thought I would take a stab at using it because I see a lot of parallels in those aspects of what he speaks about and looking at it in the microcosm of just a health or fitness journey. Because I've seen that in my own journey and students who successfully do this there are a lot of good habits. There are a lot of deep things, simple things, but pretty deep that do happen. It is never as simple or trivial as um, finding the best method. Most methods work. Anything works for six weeks. Most reasonable things work for a few months or even a few, you know, a year or so. Sensible things work pretty much for the rest of your life. So, let's look at the Eightfold Path. One, first, you must see clearly what is wrong. If you don't think there is an issue, great. You're done. There's no issue, really. There is no problem. You don't need a solution. Don't let other people tell you there's a problem. Maybe that's step zero, right? But on step one, you need to see what you're doing. You need to acknowledge that what you're doing is flawed. Or maybe it's not what you did yesterday, but it's what you've been doing You know, the last 10 years or 20 years. For example, I didn't eat vegetables until I was 25 or thereabouts until I acknowledged that as a problem, I couldn't do much. I didn't find a method of fitness training that I found fun and sustainable and repeatable. Again, until I acknowledged that, I couldn't do anything. Until I acknowledged that only I could get myself back in shape and I was simply not doing enough. Yeah, so most of us tend to look at our waistline or our weight and think that this is impossible. You know, only maybe when I'm in college I could have done it, but now I'm 30 or 40 or 50. 
Or worse, we set impossible goals. I'm going to look like that guy on Instagram or that model on Instagram. Even assuming they actually look like that in real life, why do we need to look like that? They need to look like that to make a living. And they don't tell you the shitty side of all the things they grow through. We can literally have our cake, eat it, and be healthy. So there is a, a good buffer zone for us. Side note, I think getting to 15% body fat for men and 25% body fat for women is a good enough goal. And you can do this just by behaving like an adult. So anyway, back to this. If you can clearly place where things are wrong, how is your health? How is your fitness? Do you really need to lose fat? Or is it simply cleaning up a few bad behaviors? Then we move on to step number two. Decide to be cured. Because seeing the problem honestly is one thing. Deciding that you do not want to be there is the next big step. If you are genuinely fine with where you are, that's great. Again, if there is no problem, you don't need a solution. Just because other people are doing it, you don't need to worry about it, okay? Health is the optimal interplay of organs, as Dr. Phil Maffetone tells us. So if things are working well and you truly know this, your doctor checks you up, you have the blood reports, blah, blah, blahs, blue, blue, blues, great. But assuming they're not, you need to clearly see that, step one. And you need to truly decide that you are going to rectify it, not just saying it. Because step number three, you must act. Well, duh. Choose a path. Choose an action. There's a bunch. Just start. For a lot of us, this is when we decide we're going to join a gym. Right? But act is not just joining a gym. Act is showing up to the gym. It is my opinion that we need to be a little bit angry to successfully accomplish this step. And again, reminding you, angry is not yelling at the waiter angry. That's terrible. That just means you're an asshole. But angry to take corrective action without beating yourself up, but using that anger as a fuel. Step number four. Speak so as to aim at being cured. So you should not just be going through the motions. You should not just be, eh, I'm doing some diet again or my life sucks. I can't eat pizza for the next three days, even though I've stuffed my face with pizza and beer and chocolate for the last 20 years. This is terrible that I can't eat it for one week. Grow up. If you have this attitude, you're not actually trying to get cured. Again, cured is Bruce Lee's term, okay? But I'm going to stick to it. Yeah, if you don't truly believe, if you don't truly want to rectify a problem, stop. You're just wasting your time, mine, and everybody around you and just annoying the crap out of everybody. They just want you to shut up. Instead, if you 
truly have gone through steps one, two, and three, you will speak about this very differently. There will be positivity in you. There will be intent in your actions and your choice of words. You will be okay with failures because failures are not a full stop. You will be nice to yourself. So many good things change. But instead, if you're a grumpy ass, sorry, you need a little bit more of Zen Buddhism in you. So while our inner dialogue needs to be honest, we also need to be in the right frame of mind. Number five, your livelihood must not conflict with your therapy. Again, these are Bruce Lee's words. From what I've seen, a lot of my students make it successfully through steps one, two, three, and four, and here is where they have a problem. Because work is just gone off the rails today, especially the last year, but even without the last year, I do think a lot of us, myself included, have lost work-life balance. Work hours are stupid, you're on call, the pressure is intense, people quit and you have to do their job and your job and your boss's job. Yeah, you go to bed late, you're stressed, so you're watching Netflix more than you should, uh, and you can't wake up on time to go to the gym, you think you'll go in the evening, but evening some other fire comes up and you have to put it off again. And days, weeks, months go by and ah shit, here we are again. So this requires fixing the root or again, just going to repeat, your livelihood must not conflict with your therapy. And number six, the therapy must go forward at the staying speed the critical velocity that can be sustained. So I'm not saying quit your job, take off a year. Uh, that's a, if you can do that, that's brilliant. But stop trying to do something unsustainable. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to train six days a week and I'm going to, I don't know, run in the evenings. You might do that for a week. Yeah, instead, what if all you did was I am going to do this 15-minute warm-up that... Um, Arvind gives me and I'm going to go on a walk in the evenings and I'm going to eat two cups of vegetables a day. Once you can do this and once you can do this for a bit, maybe look at doing more. And at the same time, you're trying to sort things out at work, just making things sustainable. You can't just go deliver an ultimatum, presumably saying, I am not going to do this anymore. So slowly reducing the crazy at work and figuring out this critical velocity, because you can't go zero, 100, zero, 100. That's where we make a mistake. Put in the reps, slowly up the intensity. Remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Number seven, you must think and feel about it incessantly. Not obsessed with it, but it is in your thoughts. This is your frame of mind. This is why when I say things like, you should be taking the stairs all the time. It's not a decision at all. It's 
part of the process. It is. I'm maybe not getting this across very well, but yeah, this is not something you do one hour a day. This is not something you think about at meal times. You know the people who suddenly get fit overnight? They don't get fit overnight. They are thinking about it constantly. So anytime cake is offered, it's a no. They know it. They are not taking a decision there. They've already figured it out. Anyway, this is truly a hard step. And then number eight, learn how to contemplate with the deep mind. I have no idea what this means. Okay? So I'll take a stab at me. All along I said you, but now this one. If you know what this means, great. Do elucidate for me. I'll tell you how I go about it. Are my actions leading me in the right direction? Is the direction I've set still making sense? Am I making forward progress? Am I happy? Could I, should I be doing something else? Am I learning from this? Am I enjoying this? Am I growing? So contemplation, deconstruction, these, and seeing how it all fits into the larger thing. I think that's what I get out of this step. So anyway, this is the Eightfold Path uh, as liberally adapted and uh, plagiarized by yours truly. And I hope um, you find some of this useful. So what you can do next, step by step, see where something is blocking you and uh, probe and answer this for yourself. Don't expect somebody else's solution to be the solution to your problems. Genuinely figure out if there is a problem and if there is, you got this. Whew. All right. Let's go to three quotes for this week. The first one's by some guy called Aristotle. <laughs> this is the main question. With what activity one's leisure is filled? Hobbies are awesome. I think they are a creative exploration of our minds and our bodies to try something different from what we do all the time. And there's no expectations. There are probably no constraints except silly ones. No pressure, again, except the silly pressure we put on ourselves. And I do think all of us should have a hobby and maybe even explore a hobby for a few years and then change it up as I am learning now to do. Uh, something for you to think about. If you are looking at turning your hobby into your job, think long and hard. All right. The second one. This one's by Kevin Kelly. Uh, Kevin is the founder of um, Wired Magazine. And he was also the editor for a really long time. Here it is. While old school political socialism was an arm of the state, digital socialism is socialism without the state. This new brand of socialism currently operates in the realm 
of culture and economics rather than government for now this one is deep and i don't think it has any connection to anything else i'm saying but social media has its uses social media has its powers most of the time we see noise and nonsense news but there is something to this and there are a few people harnessing it real well and most of us harness it powerfully but not often enough but i think that'll change i think something will emerge all right final one from bruce lee be exposed to the various paths of combinations and be able to change paths during execution now this one comes from his martial arts practice and specifically his thoughts on going on the attack but i think a lot of things he says are applicable to life i don't think his is a philosophy for just martial arts i think his is a philosophy for life martial arts it's just the lens he uses to frame things around so yeah one more time be exposed to the various paths of combinations and be able to change paths during execution all right on to the final post for today on skill work and exponential progress strength is a skill and generally the more skilled you are the better your output is so look at playing the piano of which i know nothing about or singing or anything i know nothing about but playing a game playing sports painting all of these well some people do it well and some people do it terribly or they're just born with it Psst, not true it's practice it's a skill it's a skill that they've developed and so they're good at it like why are say my kettlebell swings looking a little better than yours or rather more pertinently why do i produce a little bit more power and then why does powell produce way more power than i do it's a skill and it's something we can keep working on and improving our skills leads to better output now when we start we start at zero so we immediately make progress oh it's fun oh i'm picking up this game oh i should have done this when i was 12 i would have been world champion today and then in a few days or weeks you realize well yeah you were a child to think that and things plateau when you stop magically improving every week well you act like a child sometimes stop plateaus are how things happen you spend time in that plateau 
working on skill. And then a few weeks, as your brain and your body figure things out, you make a leap in progress. And then you hit your next plateau. And you will see that you won't regress. But you got to find the right level of skill to work at, where you can still do things reasonably well for the most part, but not get discouraged, not do terrible reps. And then again, a few weeks, a few months, boom. Now, strength is the easiest thing to talk about. Let's say we're talking the kettlebell clean. I would start with learning the basic hinge. Once you've got the hinge covered and you learn to keep your chest open and all of that, you start deadlifting. Once you deadlift and you can deadlift a reasonable amount of your body weight, then we can move on to a ballistic. That is, the deadlift is a slow move, a grind. And an explosive version of it is the clean. So you start on the clean. And let's say your clean goes well. We go up in weight. That's how we increase the difficulty level of it in one dimension, right? So we can constantly keep chipping away and honing our skill here. And then we get better. But we can also get better by getting better at our deadlift, at our bracing, at our planking. And all of it will feed into our clean as well. And that's why suddenly, six weeks in, into the quarter or towards the end of the quarter, you're suddenly doing a lot better. Because everything you did, the other drills, the glute activation, everything eventually comes together and pop the bells clean themselves. It is important though to keep the goal the goal. If you get bored at that plateau and you change, I'm like, I'm going to learn the piano, ah, I'm going to learn the drums, oh, I suck, I'm going to learn the flute, oh, I suck, I'm going to break all of this, I'm going to go take a sport. But instead, patience. Good coaching always helps. You can always coach yourself if you deconstruct what skills you need. Uh, but since you're listening to me, well, if it's fitness or nutrition, it's just simpler to talk to me or somebody on my team. See, until I found that skill work can be fun, that it is something you can totally immerse yourself in, and without pressure, trying to improve, because there is a joy in trying to improve, that, that, that just changed uh, how everything else unfolded. I didn't set weird constraints instead i was like i'm just gonna i just want to get better at this i want to look better doing it i want to strive for mastery and grace as coach dan john puts it from the outside on paper skill work can look boring if reps are boring if doing the same thing is boring if plateaus are boring but seriously it's all about how you look at it as a kid i always thought you know Sports people have the greatest jobs. You get to play sport for a living. But, you know, we don't see the 99% of what they do. You know, the hard mornings, the travel, the fitness training, the 
thousands and thousands and thousands of reps, not even going into the undue uh, media and fan pressure. I just mean the work that they put in, we don't even know it, but it is there. So you gotta plot. It's, it applies to all of us pretty much across everything we do. Almost everything can be worked on and improved and you will see exponential progress eventually. You just have to wait and work at that plateau. Well, that's about it from me. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. This is Coach AA signing off. Bye.